0: Second Kings chapter number 4, and again, if you, if you say amen enough this morning, we'll try to do our best to keep it brief. All right, only a couple, only a couple of you got that. If any of you have ever had a laparoscopic procedure before, you might, uh, you might remember those feelings of, of intense pain when you try to take a breath in your upper back. Uh, One of those unique sensations from having your stomach filled up with gas... Uh, so that they can move those uh, instruments around. And uh, I'm going through some of those sensations today. Uh, but again, I, I, th- I feel like I'm in my right mind. And uh, only, only this service will tell you if I actually am in my right mind uh, or if I am still uh, heavily medicated enough on narcotic medications to uh, make me say things that I should not. And uh, so it should be an interesting service. And uh, so at least you'll be on the edge of your seats as I preach. I'm not going to be in the back shaking hands today. I am still a bit tender everywhere around my body. And uh, I love coming to the Lord's house. And I love being in my place. And uh, uh, tonight, Lord willing, we're, we're going to be preaching on departing and having, having uh, peace about departing this life. You know, um, Paul said that he was ready to depart. He was ready to go. And we're going to be preaching on that tonight, how to be ready to go. There could be somebody in here today and you're not ready to go. If today was your last day in life, you, you, you're not sure where you'd be in eternity. To Come come tonight for the 6 p.m. service. We're going to be talking about how to have peace, about departing in peace uh, from the Scripture. Uh, but this morning we're going to be at a unique passage, uh, 2 Kings chapter number 4. Uh, you could remain seated as we read this passage in the Bible. Second Kings, chapter number four, and we'll begin our reading in verse number eight. It said, "And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband." Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither." And let's stop our reading right there and go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we come into your presence this morning and Lord, we we ask you for your blessing on the preaching of your word. I pray, Lord, that as we consider these truths, that you would Lord open our hearts uh, to the situation that took place here. And I pray, Lord, that the applications that are made from the Scripture today, how they're applied to our lives, that Uh, Lord, you might change someone's life through these principles today, that you might help us to be just like this great woman. And Lord, we pray and we ask these things in the the name of Jesus. Amen. What makes someone want to be so hospitable to someone else? What makes someone look at the need of someone else and say, I'm going to meet that need? have you ever met people that were like that in life people that were extremely generous people that went over and above being hospitable to someone else one of the qualities that a pastor should have is one of the things the Bible says is given to hospitality all pastors should know how to be hospitable to someone else but this woman exemplifies the scriptural principle of hospitality. You know, there are some people in life and they view life as how much they can get. What can I get out of life? What can I get out of this person or that person? And then there are other people who look at life as what can I give? What can I give? to the church what can I give to this person there are givers and there are takers and all I can say is this the bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive and the scripture gives us this principle here it was during a unique time in bible history the days of Elisha and Elijah were certainly very unique Elijah was a great man of God he spoke great things about God he had great confidence in God He came to a wicked king and he said, there's not going to be due or rain these years, but according to my word. He was so upset at at the national degradation of Israel that he said he would rather go through a famine than allow God to allow it to continue to rain for them to have crops. And he himself chose to go through that famine and suffered. If you remember when he was sent to the brook the brook dried up Elijah chose to suffer with the people of God because he knew that prosperity had pulled its number on God's people and he prayed that it wouldn't rain and God allowed that to take place and you know that Elijah he, he was a mighty man of God but in chapter 19 after the situation in Mount Carmel he got very discouraged and he was threatened by a wicked woman her name was Jezebel she threatened to take his life And Elijah, the Bible said that he took flight for his life. He went on the run because he was discouraged. God wasn't giving it to him the way he ordered. He said, I'm the only one serving you, Lord. And God told Elijah when he got to Horeb, he said, I got 7,000 that haven't bound the knee to me. It's not just you, Elijah. There were some other people that were serving God. One was Obadiah, who was in Ahab's house, who was still serving God, hiding out the prophets when Jezebel was killing him, and many other things that you might gather as you go through the book of 1 Kings. But God told Elijah when he came there in chapter number 19, he said, you need to go and you need to get Elisha and you need to ordain him. He's going to come after you. He's going to be your successor. And Elisha was taken by Elijah. And taught, until you get to Second Kings chapter 2, where God parted them hither and thither. Elijah got picked up by a chariot of fire, and Elisha was left behind. And as much as Elijah tried to leave Elisha behind, Elisha said, no matter what you say to me, I'm going with you. Nothing but death is going to part me and you. And the chariot of fire came by and that mantle fell from the sky and came down to Elisha. So when this great woman said, I perceive that this man is a man of God, she was right. Elisha was a man of God. And he was passing through At this time, the prophets would take like a circuit through Israel. They would go to different places and teach the prophets, which were in the different cities. And Elisha had a routine to go through this place called Shunem. And in verse number 8, as he was passing through there, this, the Bible calls her a great woman. Some might think that means that she's great in size. <laughs> I prefer to believe that it, it meant that she was great in compassion, great in empathy, and probably great in her abilities to meet a need. She was a great woman. What made her a great woman, I believe we read in this passage in the Bible. And she determined that she was going to do something kind for him. When I was in Indiana for several years, I, we had friends there named Wayne and Joyce Phelps, and Brother Wayne has gone on to be with the Lord. He was the treasurer at a church I pastored, and boy did he welcome my family into that church. He treated us like royalty. Just remembering Wayne brings tears to my my mind and my heart. And his wife still lives today. But every time I'd go to his house, his wife would make this sweet banana nut bread. I never went to their house and didn't get food. And it was normally fresh bra- baked bread. So you know that it was before I started taking my diabetes seriously. And Brother Wayne is waiting for me in heaven. And he told me that he'd rather die heavy than, than he would healthy. <laughs> and he went, to be, he, he, he went to heaven, and the Bible says the fat belongs to the Lord. I miss Brother Wayne, and I miss that banana nut bread. You know, it took work for somebody to do something kind for me like that. And, and it was amazing. Every time I walked into Miss Joyce's house, it smelled so nice. And I could only imagine that this woman, whenever she would constrain Elisha to eat bread, this was kind of like how her house was. It was a place that smelled nice. You know, there's a certain flavor or a savor that comes out of our lives when we give glory back to God. And I hope God gets a savor from you. You know, there was a sweet-smelling savor to the sacrifices of God. And when you do something, the Bible says you can't give a cup of cold water in the Lord's name and not be rewarded for it. But she saw that this man was passing through and she she constrained him. This word constrained was used many times in the Bible, some 290 times. Sometimes it's translated as constrain. Sometimes it's translated as strengthen or even courage. Sometimes in the King James Bible it's translated as encourage. By the way, if you're looking to learn about where we got our English Bible from, this week we're doing our TTUS classes. And Brother Bruce will be teaching on uh, manuscript evidence, how we got our King James Bible. And if you don't understand how we got our Bible, I encourage you to come. It's a, it's a complicated class. It's something that many of you have never learned before, but it's very important. You need to know where the Word of God came from, and you need to know that you have every Word of God. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And we preach and teach from the King James Bible at the Metropolitan Baptist church and as long as I'm in my right mind and I'm the pastor of this church this will be the only Bible that we preach from here because I trust that it has every word. It does. And Brother Bruce will be teaching on that this week. Right? Now see, I've got, I'm, I'm thinking okay, how am I doing? So Elisha was passing through this way and This woman constrained him. She caught him. Sometimes this word constrain is translated caught in our Bible. She, She wanted him and urged him. And you ever had somebody that was like that? Come on in. You need to sit down. You need to have a cup of coffee. Thank the Lord for people like that. You need to eat this bread here. You, you need to take rest. She wanted not just to cook for him, but as she started to think about how many times he was passing through, this great woman goes to her husband. Now the Bible says very little about this woman's husband, but no doubt he was a man of means. They were people that had enough means to where they were able to do something like build a prophet's chamber. Many churches that I've been a part of have built what they call a prophet's chamber are the church that I was saved in, the Warren Baptist Church, the pastors built a fellowship area. And in the back of the fellowship area, they they built this room that they called the prophet's chamber. And it was rarely used, only when people would come in town, it was to save the church some of the hotel expenses that people would come in and I remember I came back for a funeral one time after I'd left my home church to pastor our first church, and I came back there, and I had the privilege to stay in that prophet's chamber. <laughs> and there was a couple of mice running around in that room, and all I could tell you is I wasn't very cool with that. And uh, I'm not a rodent lover. I'm a, I, I kill them, and uh, I don't make any apology for that. And if, you are, if you're a rodent lover, it, it's okay. God will forgive you, but um, I, I put them to death. But I did, I did feel very privileged to have been able to stay in that prophet's chamber. That's where the idea came from, was from this passage, where they said, hey, let's build a little room. It wasn't they, it was her. It was a woman influencing her husband, let's do something kind for someone else. What made her do that? It was just in her heart to do something kind, to do something over and above. It was kind of like the icing on the top of the cake. The cherry on top. This this wasn't just doing something nice. This was doing something extra nice. We know that you passed through here. We're going to build a room and it's going to be a room just for you to use. It's going to be a room where we're going to build and we're going to suit it for your needs. Now notice the Bible says that in verse number 10... And she said, we're going to put it on the wall. She said, let us put him there. Let's make a bed for him in there. Who wouldn't like a nice bed? I wonder if she put sheets on that bed. I wonder if she put what they would call a pillow back in that time on the bed. How many of you know that the sheets make the bed? Not just the softness or the hardness, however it is that you like it. And if you like a hard bed, God help you. I mean, there's nothing like laying on a piece of wood. Some of you like it. There's something wrong with you. It's going to be okay. But I like a soft bed with a nice pillow. And I want to tell you something. You get a bunch of threads in that count. You get those Egyptian threads, the thousand, the twelve hundred, the five thousand, whatever you get. I mean, when you lay on a bed that has the right kind of sheets, it just makes your life like, is there anything better than this? You think she was that kind of woman? That was going to put sheets in her house and put a bed in the house that was comfortable for him. She, she wasn't trying to give him her throwaway stuff. She was trying to give him the very best. She was trying to take care of him like she would take care of her own self. Good. Let's make a bed for him. Let, let, let's, let's put a table in there. What do you reckon? That's a Texas word. Am I, am I off probation yet? I know my son's wearing the boots that I should have been wearing today. You need to compliment Matthew on, on his boots. He's trying to fit in around here. He's got more boots than his father has. And I thank Brother Ed for the one pair of boots. I'm still trying to break them in, but uh, how many of you reckon, what do you reckon? <laughs> she put a table in there for her. You know what preachers like to do? They like to read their Bible. Yeah. They read their Bible on a, on a table. Sometimes you set food on a table. Sometimes you set a book on a table. Notice what else they put in there. They put a stool. You don't want to stand at the table. You sit at the table. She was going over and above. She was like, what does he need? A bed, a stool, a table, a candlestick, something to where at nighttime he could do thinking and writing and and plan out his day. She went over and above when it came to doing something nice for somebody else. Now Elisha hadn't done anything to deserve this to her. She, he was just a holy man of God on his way. Now you know what Elisha gave up, don't you? He was a plowing man when Elijah found him. Had 12 yoke of oxen. Bible said when Elijah found him, he threw his mantle on him, and Elisha said, wait for me, I've got to get some things done. And one of the things he did was he took one of those yokes of oxen and he hewed him up. And that was a sign that he was leaving his old life behind. I ain't plowing with no oxen no more. I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm going to give my life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to give my life for God. And who knows what he did with the other 11 yoke of oxen. But all I know is he hewed up one of them. And you don't find Elisha yoking with no oxen no more. But you find him serving the Lord everywhere he went. He had given up and made great sacrifices to serve the Lord. And this woman said, this is a holy man of God. And I want to do something for him. The Bible says, verse number 11. And it fell on a day that he came in thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Now one of the things we learn about this woman was even though she was great and even though she showed great compassion and great hospitality, she didn't have it the way she wanted. There was many years no doubt of her life that she went as a childless mother. I've met some ladies in my life who have been afflicted with such a thing they couldn't have children. Sometimes Mother's Day it hurts for some ladies that are barren. My heart goes out to ladies who could not have children. Some of those ladies would have loved to have adopted a child, but there wasn't an opportunity to do so. But we, for anybody who has had trouble having children or going through times where they were barren. There were people in the Bible many times where God would give them a miracle at a time when they thought not. We just covered the time of Jesus Christ where an old lady named Elizabeth, way past her years, was able to bear the man named John the Baptist. And we, we read about how a lady who was a virgin bore the child of God. And in the Old Testament, there was a 90-year-old woman named Sarah who gave birth to a son named Isaac. And they named him Isaac because his name meant laughter. And uh, God gave, he gave miracles to people by way of a child. But this woman had no, had no child at this time. You know, she didn't, she didn't wallow in bitterness toward God because she didn't have a child. Lord, you didn't give me what I asked you for she was still trying to be kind to other people you don't read anything in the story how she was angry at God or angry at her husband or even jealous at other people I've met ladies who were tied up with jealousy and all they could do was look at how another person looked sometimes you can see how women look at each other just just take a look at people in churches sometimes a good-looking lady will come in and some of the ladies will look her up and down and even put their hand on their hip and Ladies, you know sometimes that's true, and it's sad when our hearts are filled with things like that. You know, you ought to be thankful if someone's pretty. I want to tell you this. I thank the Lord that God put women on the planet, and I'm thankful that God put my wife on the planet, too. Thank the Lord for that. She's not here today, so I'm allowed to say things like this. You know, she, she, she had, she wasn't wallowing in self-pity. She wasn't uh, bitter at God over not having a baby. She had just determined to do something kind for someone else. Reminded me of a story I recently heard about a husband and wife who took a trip with uh, the the, the man's aging mother-in-law over to Israel. He wanted to do something kind for his mother-in-law because she was aging and she was getting along in life and she'd always wanted to see the Holy Land. And so they flew over to Israel and tragically about three days after they got there, uh, she passed away. There was an undertaker over there in Israel who owned a graveyard over there, and he, he came to the man and he told him that just for $175 that they would a- allow this man, if he'd like to, to bury his mother-in-law over there in Israel next to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then the man returned to the, to the undertaker and he said, I'll, I'll, let me think about it and give me a couple hours. And, um, he thought about it and thought it over and came back and the undertaker had told him it was going to cost him about $5,000 to fly his mother-in-law back here to the United States And so he came back to the undertaker and he said, you know I think I'm just going to fly her back to the States and the undertaker was like well I just don't understand. I'm, I'm offering you a beautiful place to bury her here in Israel uh, For only hundred and seventy-five dollars, and he said you you just don't understand He said uh, 2,000 years ago, there was a man who was buried here, and three days later, he came back from the dead, and he said, I simply just can't take that chance. (laughs) The undertaker was trying to do something kind for this dear man. That was a a fictional story, people. I had some others, but I'm not going to say them. You know, sometimes, sometimes God puts it in your heart to be kind to someone else and you don't know what's going to come back to you. You know, you don't do kind things for other people in anticipation that, hey, I'm going to do this because I'm going to be rewarded later. You just do it because God puts it in your heart. But you know how good God is? God is so good. That he determines to give you grace based on what you give to him and when you let God get something out of you and get some flavor out of your life and you're kind to somebody else and you're looking to do something kind for someone else don't think for a second that you could give something to God and God not say hey I got something good for you on the other side of this it may take some time But God's a good rewarder. The Bible says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's one of my favorite Bible verses in Hebrews 11 and verse number 6. It says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is... And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God rewards those who seek him. Sometimes we give things to others, not so that we would get back, but God's so generous with us that he's got a future blessing for us. As he did for this great woman in Shunem. The Bible says here, and the Bible says in verse number 11, And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there, and he said to Gehazi his servant call the Shunammite and when he called her she stood before him and when and he said unto, unto him and, she, and he said unto him say now unto her behold thou hast been careful for us with all this care what is it to be what, what is to be done for thee Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host and she answered I dwell among thine own people she basically said I don't have need of anything I'm fine where I am so basically Elisha goes to a servant says call this woman and he's speaking through an intermediary he's using a servant to speak to her what can we do for you since you've been so kind to us Gehazi comes back and said she said she didn't want nothing but you know what in verse number 14 and Gehazi answered verily she hath no child and her husband is old And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And notice what she says. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. But notice verse 17. When God says, When there's a thus saith the Lord in there, when God says something, he means it. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. You know what she said here that's so interesting? I have some things written in the margin of my Bible. You know, there was a blessing that came to her because she determined to be a blessing to someone else. I want to say this here, and I'll just close with a few of these thoughts today. The blessings of God are unbelievable. When God gets through with your life, He could make you something so different than what you are when He found you that you won't even remember who you were when, when you get to the end. Tonight I'm going to be preaching about a man named, named Paul. And Paul was threatening and breathing slaughter against the disciples of the Lord and throwing men and women and children in prison. And at the end of his life he said, I fought a good fight i finished my court and I've kept the faith and said he's ready to depart in peace. You can barely remember who he was when God got through with him. And if you let God get a hold of your life today, sir, God can turn your life into something different too. God can turn your life into something where you look back and you're like, if if somebody would have told me that this is how good it was to serve the Lord, I would have served him a long time ago. Oh, I had some days this week, and I'm sorry to use myself as an illustration, but I don't do it because I'm worthy of anything, but God allowed me to have some moments of reflection this week. He hasn't blessed me because I've been perfect, but good night, he has blessed me. Who am I that God would give me? You know, when me and my wife were coming along, he gave us the gender of every child we prayed for. We asked for a boy, and we got a boy. We asked for a girl, and we got a girl. We asked for another boy, and we got my son, Jacob. We asked for another girl, and we had one to leave us before Gracie came along, but God gave me Gracie. And then I asked him for another boy, and he gave me my son, Matthew, on the very same day as he gave me my son, Jonathan. Now he's given me a grandson, and my daughter lives in Cincinnati, and I'm living down here in Texas. But as I had a driver take me from the airport to that hospital on Tuesday night, God allowed me to reflect on my journey for a few moments, and he showed me how good he's been to me. And all I could say to you is that the blessings of God are unbelievable. If God would have told me the story that he was going to write out for me, I wouldn't have believed it. But that's how good our God is. And if God would have told me this fact, then I would have said, no way, there's no way that God could do that for me. But he has done that for me. And I'm here to tell you that God will bless your life if you give him your life as well. I believe that some of you young people believe that if you give your life to the Lord, he won't give you the woman of your dreams to get married to. He won't give you the man of your dreams to get married to. But I'm telling you that there is a God in heaven who can meet every desire that you have and give you more than the woman that you bargained for or more than the man that you bargained for, but you'll give your life to him first. I'm going to give it back to you. And I'll tell you this too. God sometimes just gives a man grace. Because you're looking at a man who didn't deserve to get married to the woman he was married to. God just showed me grace. And there's some people in this room today, you need some grace. And I'm here today to tell you of a good God who could bless you just like this woman, where when you're told that God's going to give you a blessing, you'd say, don't you lie to me. This woman had gone so long in her life without believing that this could happen to her to where she could scarcely believe that God could do this good for her. And God can do that for you too. And I'm here to tell you there is a God in heaven to believe in. There's some people here today and you don't know the Lord as your savior. You may be a little bit religious, you may come to church from time to time, but you're not sure that you're going to heaven when you die and you really don't like thinking about eternity that much because when you do, it could take you to places in your mind that you just don't want to think about. Pastor, I don't want to think about dying, I want to think about living, but I want to tell you something, that death comes to us all, and sometimes it comes in accidental and sudden ways. If you're planning on having a deathbed experience, I'm here to tell you that not everybody has one. And when people get to their deathbeds, they're not always in their right minds to receive the Lord as their Savior. So if you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your Savior and God's been working on you and knocking on your heart's door to get saved, why don't you stop putting the Lord off and say, okay, today's my day to get forgiveness of of my sins. I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ came to this earth and called you his friend and took every vile sin that you've ever done, everything that you've ever thought, everything you've ever put your hand to, every dirty thought that a man has ever had or a woman has ever had was laid on the back of Jesus Christ and he paid for it all on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago and he said if you'll come to me and believe in me I'll save you and I'll forgive you for all time and eternity and if you're not saved here today you've left that payment there at the foot of the cross don't do that Jesus loves you be saved before it's eternally too late and there could be somebody else here today and you've been away from the Lord for a little while I'm here to tell you there's, a good, there's, there's, there's good things that await those who will come back to the Lord This great woman of Shunem, she determined that she was going to do something generous and kind for someone who wasn't a part of her family, and God had determined to bless her so much to where the blessings of God in her life were not even believed by her. I wonder, what is it that God could do to you that would just shock you? What blessing could God pour into your life that would just say, wow, has God ever answered a prayer that you've been praying for and you saw? I hadn't been believing that God could do this for me. You know, our prayers should be prayers believing. When we go to the altar and we cry out to the Lord and we pour our souls out to God, there's a lot of times where we're praying, but there's got to be a faith component to our prayers. Lord, we believe that you can do this. May there be a faith component to our prayers. Maybe God's looking to see that before he starts doing some real work. On what we're praying for going back to him not just begging him for something but believing on him to do something it's prayers with faith the Bible talks about praying with faith read the book of James where it talks to ask God and for wisdom and don't believe with the double-minded heart pray and believe in because God can God's got all the wisdom we need amen and maybe there's somebody here today and God's speaking to you You say, you know what, I don't live a life like that. I don't live a life as a giver. I've lived my life as a taker. I want to encourage you. Let God have his way in your life. And we'll all become just like this woman at Shunem. We'll all become generous and we'll all be looking for other people to do something kind for. May God bless his word and the preaching of his word today. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. As we prepare to have this verse of invitation. So you don't really do good things for other people so you can get in return but there's not a time that you do something good for somebody else that God won't return that to you God will take it he'll use it in just a moment the musicians are going to play and with your heads are bowed and with your eyes closed nobody looking around there could be somebody that just wants to slip out of the pew and come down to the altar say Lord make me like this woman of Shunem help me to be a a thoughtful person a generous person somebody who sees a need and help me to, to to meet that need there's others who are pr- praying for blessings a lot of times before those blessings get turned loose you got to start turning some things loose I don't know how God's used the sermon in your life brother John's gonna sing the first verse but if God has spoken to your heart want to encourage you to come If you're lost today, won't you come? Jesus loves you. Don't leave here lost. Be saved before it's too late. you sir how about you ma'am so pastor I've done all that I've been living that way maybe God's speaking your heart about something that you need to submit to you'll be all the better if you do what the Lord asks you to do come God's got blessings in store for you sir if you'll give up to the Lord some of you need those kind of blessings amen let's all sing on this next verse just as I am sorry. Blessings in store for those who will live like this woman. Sometimes that blessing comes when you can't see it, but it comes from those years where I was going to use Joseph as an illustration in this message where you remember he was thrown in jail and falsely accused, and boy, still interpreting those dreams for those guys. And he was forgotten about for years, but there came a time when God said, Here's your great getting up morning, I'm delivering you from that prison. He never forgot about God. God had a blessing, and it was so good. It was such a good blessing waiting on him. I'm convinced that there are many people who never get to see the ram on the other side of the mountain because they're never willing to take Isaac to the top. Abraham would have never saw that ram caught in the thicket if he didn't take those steps up the altar to do what God told him to do. And God's got something on the backside of this for us, brothers and sisters. God can bless our marriages, bless our homes, bless our unions. I hope and pray that there's some kind of blessing that God has brought into your life or that you would like for him to bring into your life. You say, okay, Lord, I want to live in such a way that you can bless me just like you've blessed this woman at Shunem. That is the God we serve to give you blessings that are too good to believe amen anybody else at the altar let's 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 all sing god is so good together and let's harmonize as we as we sing this song god is so good of the Lord today, and uh, hopefully I didn't say anything out of turn. Some of you who were not listening, you'll get that joke later. (laughs) Some of you didn't get it because you weren't listening, so it's okay. But uh, some of you did get it, and you were like, okay, shut him down. I didn't like it. I'll have uh, have a better joke for you tonight. Uh, If you uh, mothers-in-law are mad at me, it'll be okay. Um, I'm not going to be in the back shaking hands and greeting people today but uh, brother Wayne will be in the back and if you need to set up an appointment with me uh, this week in the office or anything please let brother Wayne or one of the secretarial staff know Miss Michelle or Miss Danette and uh, we'd be happy to set that up for uh, with you and we're just so thankful to be able to be in the house of God we'll be back tonight at 6 p.m. again we're going to be preaching on departing in peace tonight how to know that you can depart in peace just as the apostle Paul did and uh, we we pray that that service will be a blessing to you. I'm going to call Brother Earl Cavanaugh up to the pulpit. How many of you enjoyed Brother Earl Cavanaugh teaching Sunday school last week? That was a blessing, wasn't it? Brother Earl is going to dismiss the service in prayer. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, dear Father. We, we thank you for allowing our pastor to be at church this morning. God, for bringing the word of God. Lord, we thank you for the way it's dealt with our hearts, Lord. And and uh, Lord, you might just continue uh, that uh, throughout the rest of the day. God, we uh, uh, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here, Lord, for giving us the health uh, to be here. God, we pray that there's one in our midst this morning who don't know you as Lord and Savior, that you might uh, touch them, Lord, and show them that urgent need. God, uh, that, that they need you, Lord, and we can do nothing without you. God, again, we just thank you for allowing us to be here. Uh, pray that you might just, uh, uh, be with us as we leave, Lord, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory for us in Jesus' name.